Welcome to Connect to Joy. Your host, Carol DeShane, is an intuitive spiritual guide for practical matters and Marconic multidimensional energy practitioner. Her quest is to help you realize new possibilities, discover and release what holds you back, and enable you to manifest an inspired life filled with joy. Join us on this journey of transformation. Now, here's your host, Carol DeShane. Hello, beautiful spirits. Don't you find that sometimes people can bring you down? Whether they're whining or complaining about something, again, they're annoyed or impatient with people, or just plain cranky, their negativity can be really hard to take sometimes. We all have these people in our lives to some extent or the other, but what can we do? Avoid them? Deal with them? And how do we deal with them? What do you do? Today we'll look at why people might be cranky or irritable, how you feel around them and how you normally deal with them, how and why negativity impacts your spirit, another way to look at cranky folks, a guided visualization to help you deal with a particular cranky person that might push your buttons, a compassion exercise from Star's Edge, the avatar course that we have permission to share, ways to deal with cranky people and deciding when to avoid them, and then we'll wrap the whole thing up. So let's start with why people might be cranky. And let me just say that there are at least as many reasons as there are people for why they might be cranky, and probably 20 times that. You might think of cranky as one of its synonyms, irritable, bad-tempered, testy, grouchy, peevish, or the seventh dwarf, grumpy. There is a bunch of other words in there that are more old-fashioned that I looked up online, but you get the idea. In any case, someone who just isn't in a good mood and seemed to feel the need to spew it all over you so you can sympathize with them or whatever else they want from you. Some reasons, though, they could include that they had a fight with their spouse or loved one, so they're just in a bad mood because of these things, their kids got in trouble or acted out, they just had a car accident, their boss yelled at them or were unhappy with them, they just don't feel well, and they just basically could be having a bad day when things aren't going well. They might have been late to work or somewhere else due to traffic or whatever reason, so their patience may be at zero. Maybe they don't have enough love in their life for people who care about them. They could have just been laid off or fired or or evicted. And maybe they just had an unhappy or horrible life and they seem to be stuck in that cranky gear. Or even that you look like someone they don't like, so they don't like your vibe or your face. Who knows? But you can see that there are a million reasons why someone might not be in their happy place. But most of the time, it won't have much to do with you specifically. How do you feel when you're around people like that? And how do you deal with them? Think about it a minute. How do you feel when you are around someone who isn't in a good space? And and how do you react? Do you start to feel more negative and dig in with what they're feeling? And therefore end up gossiping with them and feeling as negative as they do? Do you commiserate with them and empathize, but try to hang on to feeling pretty good and maybe keeping your peace? Do you hold your space and allow them to speak their truth at the moment and stay removed emotionally? Do you change the subject as soon as you can to something happier? Or maybe you cut them off as soon as possible so you can run screaming from the room. (laughs) I mean, what do you normally do? Now, you may react differently depending on how you're feeling when you step into the situation. More than likely, that's true. 
And you probably react differently depending on who you're facing as well. Whether they're an authority figure, your child or your spouse or your boss, you might react differently. But how does that negativity impact you? If you let it, negativity can steer your thoughts in a totally different direction from where you started. You might just jump on the bandwagon with them and start complaining about what doesn't work in your life especially if you have similar things happening or similar people like who they're complaining about, you might find that can become a habit and actually start to feel kind of good being negative like that. And then you become the cranky person others might try to avoid. Your emotions can be impacted in a big way. You might get irritable yourself, as I mentioned, but you could also get depressed and happy and and even start feeling like your life isn't good enough or you're lacking something vital you hadn't even realized bothered you before. You can get on the negative train really quickly sometimes. We all can do that, especially if we don't start out in the best place ourselves. It's called entrainment, where someone gets pulled along onto someone else's vibration We laugh when others do or cry when others do, and we may not even know why we're doing it. It can be easy to allow ourselves to be dragged down to a lower vibration. It can take real work to stay in a better place when you come across someone in a bad mood, especially if they're vocal about it. Getting stuck in that grouchy place yourself can hurt your spirit. And by that, I mean it can change your aura. It can pull you away from anything positive you're doing and even get you off your life path if you let it. So why aren't we all running screaming from the room when someone gets into a bad-tempered place? Let's take another look at that unhappy, cranky person. Maybe we can see them in a new light. We need to start realizing that most of the time we have no idea what is really behind the other person being upset and acting the way they are. Even if they tell us, there's usually something from their past or some other emotion that's beneath the way they act. That thing that we don't know We are judging how they look now, but we don't know what's underneath it. Maybe the only way they ever got attention was by complaining and acting out. Maybe a cry for help or a cry for love. I remember one person I worked with used to have migraines. One time I saw her staggering down the hallway at the office. She grabbed a bookcase and she was holding her head. And when no one said anything, she kind of looked around under her eyebrows and kind of glanced up. She didn't see anybody, including me, because I was at the other end of the hall. And then she straightened up with this disgusted look on her face and marched back to her desk looking kind of healthy and without a migraine. I mean, she was a very negative person in general, but obviously she needed the attention that whatever she was doing garnered. Sympathy seemed important to her, but I have no idea what her underlying emotional need truly was or, or what her childhood was like. How much do we actually know about people that we work with or or really people in general that are in our life? When you see someone being irritable, bad-tempered, or just plain grouchy, realize they need to be where they are at the moment for whatever reason. Know most of the time it has nothing to do with you personally, no matter whether they yell and swear at you or they're just complaining about others or their life in general. I'd like to now take a moment and do a guided visualization so that you know what to do the next time that you're faced with someone that makes you uncomfortable, kind of due to that lower vibration, whether they're acting frustrated, impatient, grouchy, complaining, or or just plain cranky about life. You don't have to go through this whole visualization every time, 
but you can take pieces of it and use it if you're there in person at that moment. But for right now, think of a person that bugs you. Think of a person that makes you uncomfortable so that you can visualize their face when we do this. And if you can't think of somebody specifically, then just think of the situation where someone might be complaining to you or saying something negative to you that makes you uncomfortable. Think of that kind of thing rather than a person's face that you know does it all the time. So now that you sit down or wherever you are, just breathe. We start at one. Allow the worries of the day to go. Have them start releasing. And two, feel some of that tension just dispersing out of your mind. Allow it to go through and out of your body. Three, feeling that tension just ebb away from wherever you hold that tension, whether it's in your neck or your shoulders or your lower back. I carry mine sometimes in my knees. Just let it all go, draining out through your toes. Four, allow yourself now to start raising up out of your body. Let your spirit raise. And five, still attached to your body by that cord, but raising up higher and higher and seeing below you a specific person that you know of that's cranky a lot. Or like I said, if you don't have someone specific, think of a situation where someone might be complaining really loudly. Allow whatever feeling you usually get to rise up in you, whether it's frustration, annoyance, disgust, impatience, whatever it is. Now breathe three breaths specifically. Breathe in peace. And then breathe it out. And then breathe in and feel that love from the higher source. And breathe out. And the next time you breathe in, breathe in compassion for the world, not just this person. And breathe out and start to feel disconnected from the person or situation that was frustrating you. See them still ranting on, but that you feel a little different. See them in a bubble of light, with you being in a separate protected bubble if you need to. See them in their own. Allow them to be who they are, where they are, in their life and in those emotions at that moment. Feel that disconnection and then feel appreciation and compassion for them because they're dealing with feelings that you don't really know or understand. And the situations may be more than what they've even said. Again, Release any tension that you may have built up and breathe in that peace, that personal peace. Realize you don't need to fix them or do anything specific about this, except what you're doing right now. Breathe and see them in their bubble, feeling your own peace. You can see light shining into their bubble so they can find their way, but you do not need to fix anything yourself and breathe in this place for a moment. And then it's time to come back into your body. Five, 
feeling yourself starting to sink back down. Four, following that line that you had to your body back into your body. Three, making sure that you bring that peace with you, allowing that person to be who they need to be. Two, feeling that peace extend from you out into every bit of your body. And one, your brain is intact, it feels that peace as well, and you are wide awake, wide awake, wide awake. How are you doing? Did you have success? Now you can do this really quickly when you're with someone carrying on, but more than likely you'll lose the thread of the conversation for a few minutes. So that's just a fair warning. But you can take pieces of this. Take the breaths, feel the peace for yourself, let them be in their own bubble, and then breathe in and allow them to be whoever they are. Now, in case you have trouble with the compassion piece, especially if you're in an annoyance spot, I want to give you a compassion exercise. I've done this one once before in either an episode or YouTube video or somewhere, and I don't recall where it was. I'm a master avatar wizard through Star's Edge. And this compassion exercise is part of their resurfacing avatar course that we have permission to share. If you have someone specifically that bugs you and brings you down, think of them when you're doing and repeating this exercise and use their name. So when I say, just like me, this person, you'll say, just like me, John, Harry, Mary, whoever the name of the person is, you'll insert their name there, okay? I'm going to say each one twice, so if you want to write it down, you can either do it now or come back. And you want to always have your attention on the person when you repeat this to yourself. You're not in front of them, you're all on your own, and you either repeat it in your head or out loud wherever you are, and it feels right to you. The first step is to say, with your attention on the person, just like me, this person is seeking some happiness in his or her life. So if the name, I'll use John just because it's easy. Just like me, John is seeking some happiness for his life. And then take a few breaths and feel that through you. And step two is to use the next one. Just like me, this person is trying to avoid suffering in his or her life. Using John again. Just like me, John is trying to avoid suffering in his life. And always take a breath or two in between each step and feel it and know it. Step three, again with your attention on the person, you'd say or think, just like me, this person has known sadness, loneliness, and despair, or use other words if you like. Just like me, John has known sadness, loneliness, and despair. And step four, Again, repeating to yourself or out loud, just like me, this person is seeking to fulfill his or her needs. And with John in mind, just like me, John is seeking to fulfill his needs. And the fifth step is, just like me, this person is learning about life. Just like me, John is learning about life. Occasionally, I've included a step six, which isn't part of what they teach. But I say, just like me, John is doing the best that he can at this moment. 
The goal is to get a personal sense of peace. It really has nothing at all to do with the other person or how they feel. And yet, if you get the personal sense of peace, it does transmit to the other person and even out to the world. Oh, and before we go, let's go over a few ways you can actually deal with cranky people all in one place. I know I've said a number of different things, but I want to include them all here. The first thing you can do is what I've tried to do from time to time, inject some humor in the conversation. Even if they're complaining, I'll try to make light of something they said if it feels appropriate. It may not feel appropriate. Or maybe I'll try and do a a dry comment that they might laugh at. It doesn't always go well. And if not, I don't try it again in that particular conversation or maybe even with that particular person. But it's a thought, something you can try. Now you can change the subject when the timing seems right. Some people don't take a breath, so it's a little harder. But you could start with, oh, I don't mean to interrupt, but before I forget, and that works especially well if you're dealing with an older person who knows about memory issues, because you want to make sure that you get something important in. Of course, you have to remember to tell them something important, come up with something that would make sense. But that's another thing you can do. Change the subject when the timing seems right. A third thing you can do is to take a few moments while they talk to feel yourself separating from them. Staying in your own sphere, like in that visualization, step out of the situation if you can and see them from that different perspective. The next thing you can do is try to have compassion for them. Now, this can be easier said than done at the moment you're faced with them. But if you know someone's hard to be around and you'll be seeing them shortly, try that compassion exercise I just gave you and see if the next time you see them, it's easier for you to stay in your own space and have that compassion. If you care about the person, send them love while they're carrying on, saying or doing whatever they're doing. You don't have to say anything, but you might find they sputter out and even ask what they were talking about. I've had that happen a few times when I'm just looking at them and being with them and and caring about them while they're going on and on and on. I don't say anything to help them want to continue with the complaints or the whining or the whatever it is, but I just look at them with love or compassion. Now, if you aren't up to it, feel free to cancel a lunch or an outing with them, but try to reschedule if you want them to be part of your life so they don't feel like you don't like them or you don't love them. And ultimately, if you feel it's too much for you while you're with them already, don't worry about stepping away. It's easier on the phone to make an excuse, but even in person, there's always a way to take a break. Even if it's just to say, oh, got to use the restroom, I'll be back in a minute. And then don't go right back to them, take your time. Or you can also, if you're at a party or with a group of people, you can also use the excuse you need a word with someone else, or you promise to help the host in the kitchen, or whatever it may be. Stepping away gracefully can be done. But make sure you smile when you make your excuse and apologize if you want to keep the person in your life. I also have another recording of how to deal with difficult people, which is even more information, some of the same, quite a bit different if you want to check out for that episode. It was near the beginning when I first started doing these episodes. Well, Today, we've covered quite a bit on dealing with and deciding whether to avoid cranky people. We've gone over why people might be cranky or irritable, how you feel around them and how you normally deal with them, how and why negativity impacts your spirit. Another way to look at cranky folks to maybe change your perspective a little bit. 
a guided visualization to help you deal with a particular person who is not in the best frame of mind so that they don't push your buttons too much, the compassion exercise from Star's Edge, and ways to deal with cranky people and deciding when to avoid them. People are cranky in a variety of ways and for a variety of reasons. I mean, we are ourselves. Not taking it personally is a great step in the right direction. The next one is if we can let them be where they are without losing our personal peace and our higher vibration. Knowing that they are in a much worse place than you currently can give you more patience and sympathy for them. I remember having an issue I was dealing with I wanted to complain about to someone who'd been through something similar and I knew they had and I thought, oh, they'll understand. I can complain to them and I'll get sympathy. I remember actually thinking that consciously. I barely had my complaint out of my mouth and they went on and on about how much worse their issue had been. And I have to admit, at first, I was annoyed because I wasn't getting any sympathy. And then all of a sudden, I had this epiphany and I went, wow, hmm, your life is more pathetic than mine. You win. I literally thought those words. And then when I walked away, I felt personal peace and I was so thankful that she actually helped me see my situation from a totally different perspective. I didn't need the sympathy. I just needed to know that I guess I wanted to know I wasn't alone in where I was. And she told me I wasn't because hers was worse. And so I felt better, which might seem really weird, but realize that other people can be in a much worse place than you are. So it is easier to give them patience and sympathy. A really great thing to do is learn from what they say, whether it's to be grateful for how much better you have it or to have more understanding, sympathy, and compassion for others. It's all a great learning tool and it's great practice to have those things for others. Take it for what it is. Do what's best for you. Find the compassion if you can and look at them from a different perspective. Step back and get away from them or avoid them altogether if need be. Be kind to yourself and see how you can find and maintain your inner peace, which in turn will help all those around you. Thank you for joining me here today. If you'd like to know more about intuitive, spiritual, or life or business coaching with me or Marconic's multidimensional energy, please check out my website at connecttojoy.com and follow me on Instagram also at connecttojoy. And just like this show, it's connect, the number two, joy. And of course, subscribe to my YouTube channel under my name, Carol DeShane. That has numerous I am affirmations on the joy corner, as well as a bunch of other visualizations, meditations, and other interesting subjects that I found I wanted to share. Until next week, be courageous and reach higher. Just take a breath and take a moment when you need it. Take one step at a time on your journey. Get the help you need and get out there and find your joy because you deserve it. Thank you for listening to Connect to Joy. If you love the show, Make sure you rate, review, and share this podcast. And subscribe so you never miss an episode. Contact the host, Carol DeShane, with questions and comments, ideas for future episodes, or if you would like to become a guest. And remember, transformation is a journey and not an end destination. So be kind to yourself, because you are already enough to have the joyful, limitless life that you desire.